is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. We have uh, Shane Burgo, uh, at-large city council in the city of New Bedford, who's been very, great, uh, very very generous with his time, and we do appreciate that. Um, Shane, um, just so before we move on to the CPA question, I just want to ask you one final thing. Um, in, your, in your exploration of the housing questions, have you had a chance to talk to any of the larger landlords in the city yet? No. And, and just offhand, I think, do you know who the largest landlord is in the city? I want to say it's... Um Oh my God! What's his? I can't think of his name now. Steve Borgard. Oh, Steve Borgard. That's not the name I was going to say. He runs the housing authority. They have the most units oh. in the city. Well, yeah, in that sense, yeah. Well, though that's the most number of units that under any one control. It's the housing authority. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just wondering if you had a chance to, to speak with him yet. No, I haven't spoke with Steve Borgard about this. No. So, um, Shane, what I wanted to ask you about is the what about housing um, in general? With Steve Borgard? Yeah. Yes, I've met with him before. Okay. But we so, haven't. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say we haven't had, uh, I haven't welcomed him to my committee. As we pointed out, I've only had three. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely someone that we... He's been at the home group meetings. I've seen, I saw him. Yes, the, yeah. he, he came to our first one. So, so, uh, so Shane, um, I want to ask you uh, about the vote for the Community Preservation Act ballot question um, because uh, I agree with you on a lot of, a lot of issues, and uh, I was um, confused to see that you voted in favor of this ballot question, Linda's ballot question, to ask residents whether or not they wanted to repeal the CPA, especially considering that you know and I know that CPA is given a great deal of money and will continue to give a great deal of money mm-hmm. to fund housing projects. So why did you second Linda's motion on that vote to approve that ballot question? Yeah, so what I'll say is that I agree with you 100% about the CPA. I'm in full support of the CPA. Um, I, a lot of the times when I'm speaking about different ways that we can leverage the money that we have in the city for housing, the first thing I bring up is CPA. Um, so what I will say is, so the way that it was set up was Linda had a motion uh, for the city council to fully revoke the CPA. Mm-hmm. And then from there, there would be an actual ballot referendum that would would be binding to revoke it. So mm-hmm. because of my support for the CPA, um, I voted no. I did not want to see the CPA taken away. And uh, as a number of my colleagues had mentioned that night, it, it does so much good for our city. Um, so fortunately, uh, you know, our co- majority of my colleagues voted no to revoke the CPA because we support it. Um, mm-hmm. So what uh, Councillor uh, Morad did at that point was put a non-binding resolution similar to the rent stabilization, similar to the four-year mayoral term, just to see if, you know, as she had mentioned that night, there were people calling her, uh, you know, upset about the surcharge that they pay. I haven't had those phone calls. You haven't had those phone calls. Councillor Ebro hasn't had those phone calls. Councillor Barkey hasn't had those phone calls. So, Councillor Burgo, I, I, this just, listen, but her non-binding is, is an attempt politically to build support to repeal the CPA. Yeah. You get that, right? Right. Yeah. So that's why it doesn't, that's why, so that's why Shane, like, you know, 
It doesn't just, make any sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense to us to have, for you and most of the city council to have supported it because one, I think that some of the points that Council Mard was bringing up were. Well, you just said he just said he supports it deliberately but now misleading, and two, you support it. So I support the CPA. Yes. If it comes back to if Mitchell's probably going to veto that that ballot referendum. Um, along with the others, and I know you're going to vote affirmatively for the housing, uh, the, the the rent stabilization question, as you should. It's you know, um, it, you know, it's something you believe in firmly. Are you going to vote to override Mitchell's veto on the CPA, knowing what a benefit it is? Well, again, the the reason why I supported the ballot question was because similar to the rent stabilization. If the people of New Bedford are saying now that they don't want the CPA and they want to repeal There's it, there's no evidence to, to that, that. Well, then to, that I they encourage do. the people to vote no and say they don't. Which I will be voting no on the ballot question to repeal the CPA, just like I voted no on the city council to revoke it when it came time to actually try to revoke it. I said no. So I just feel as you, though, in the same in the same regard that we're asking the people of New Bedford for the rent stabilization, I wanted to give that same regard. Is, is it to, because you recognize that a non-binding question? doesn't mean anything anyway well in this in the sense yes okay but so, but, so, but so the rent stabilization question doesn't really mean anything it, it does it in the sense that it's going to actually install rent stabilization what it does though and what i wanted to do is create the conversation that we're having to then possibly but that's what I, wants I, to I do wanna, on this on the cpa is to create the conversation to repeal it and if that's what the people of new bedford want to do that's even though it's wrong but but you don't think that do you? You don't think the people of New Bedford want to repeal the I CPA? I do not believe that. You know people of New Bedford want to solve the housing crisis. Correct. You know the people of New Bedford are experiencing an influx, uh, a higher rate of rent, and it's squeezing them into really difficult positions. You know all of that. Yes, and the that's CPA on a, does a lot of funding when it comes to housing. And you have no, there is no evidence. So why evidence. would you let the question go forward? Right, there's no evidence, but there's it's no... It's a dangerous political move. So the point I'm trying to make is there's no evidence. You do not know, nobody knows, except for apparently the city council president who is apparently getting all these calls that literally none of you are getting. Um, you don't know that the CPA is something that people are complaining about, that they're complaining about a 20 to 30 to $40 surcharge in their taxes for funds that are leveraged at... Probably more than a dollar for dollar match. You don't know that. You know that the housing crisis is, is an issue. You know that people are experiencing higher rents. You know mm -hmm. all of that. That's why you're bringing that solution forward. All this CPA question seems to be based on is these assertions without evidence by Council President Morad that are backed up by things that are just based on what she said on Tim's show, entirely untrue. And you know that the CPA helps people. You know that it helps a lot of people, and you know that it's going to be integral for you and the home group and everybody else to for housing solutions. So, if this comes back for 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 a, if this comes back to you guys when Mitchell vetoes it, the CPA question, are you going to vote to override it, knowing all this stuff? Well, what I say to that is, you know, you mentioned that there's no proof that people don't want the CPA. So this would be the proof, essentially, if those, you know, as but you. Why, but why? But why even do it? If the people of New Bedford tell us that they don't want this, it's up to us as elected officials to hear and listen to our our constituents. One of your colleagues is misleading people on it. Well, and, and that's 
what you're saying based on I can't say whether or not she's making those phone calls. I, I heard her phone- lie about it on Tim's show. I heard her lie about it on Tim's show right after you came on. She said, but oh, how do you know that she's lying about it? Oh, because I know the assumption is there because I have I know what you're saying that I have a phone call. Ian has it. No, I haven't said that. So I I trust my colleagues um, to an okay. extent. I should say, but, but but here's here's the here's here's one thing that she is lying about because she said. Uh, because we talked about um, Tim asked her about the CPA repeal. She said she's heard a bunch of calls. You can so, and, and I'll just let the audience just. There's two possibilities here. One, Linda Morad is getting the 100 uh, percent of the calls from constituents complaining about the Community Preservation Act, and the other 10 councilors are not getting those calls. Or two, she's not getting those calls. I'll let you. I'll let you. Uh, you know, I'll let the audience decide which which one is true on that one. But what she did say that was verifiably untrue is that. The New Bedford is not getting a return on its investment for CPA money. She said, oh, well, the money from the, you know, we're not getting as much money from the state as we used to because all these communities sign, uh, have signed up on it. So they got a 35% match from the state. And we do know, and you know this, that leverage funds is where you get the dollar for dollar investment. You get money from the Mass Cultural Council. You get money from NGOs when they see that CPC has invested in these programs. So you get more than a dollar for dollar match. You get more than a return on investment. And taking that money away, you know, only cost is only forty bucks out of you, out of the paycheck. So again, these are things that she said that are verifiably untrue. That New Bedford is not getting a, a, a return on their investment. We know that's not true. Council Burgo, the um, one of the as reading through the minutes of one of the three meetings that you held, one of the things you guys do discuss in there is a CPA funding, mm-hmm. you, and how it's being used currently by Mayor Mitchell to build, I think, a hundred and. It's part of the piece to building 140 new housing units in the city. It's part of the part of the formula that they're using for funding. It seems to me that as someone who I do believe is generally concerned about housing, that's a piece of funding that you guys have. So you can't even, afford to give it up to even create a conversation that could lead to loss of those funding. Um, to me, I think is a, is a dangerous road to go down because Linda is going to make a case to lower people's taxes by by voting that out, and then you're seriously going to have a problem when you're looking to create more funding for housing in the city of New Bedford. And the, my problem is, Councillor, is that when you begin to close the doors to actually creating more housing units in the city of New Bedford, it, you you leave yourself more vulnerable to creating this, to publicizing and publicly nationalizing the private housing stock that you have now. You need more housing stock. And so if the only option is we either create a rent control board where the government takes control of private housing stock because we don't have funds to build more money, to build more housing with the public funds because you're pulling the CPA out. It seems to me like you're closing the door to a lot of other options other than rent control. Well, well, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's, so So the the point is, I don't know, the, the, the point we're trying to make is, I, I just, the vote didn't make a lot of sense to us. And I you're think, sitting here telling us you do support CPA, and I believe you. So yeah. I'm wondering if you, you understand that you might have one more bite at the apple to you, prevent a real disaster. It will be a disaster. You know, you'll you'll lose tens of millions of dollars if they if they vote this way. And what no, the it council won't, because president, again, it's non-binding. This vote but, but, doesn't but, actually <laughs> translate to anything. And what my other chat, but hold on, because I let you guys talk. Right, right, just respond, right, please. Right, yeah, please. Right, it's right, just you know, hearing from what you are saying is that 
the, the people of New Bedford know that there's a huge return, uh, return on investment, which there is. I agree. All the points that you brought up, I agree with. I support the CPA. But at the same time, what's the harm then if we ask, if you're, if you're telling me you know for a fact Linda is lying sure. and that nobody else is complaining about this, then the people will come back and vote it's not It's literally to my job to know that. It's not the voter's job to know that. Right. You to he, know that they, they, it's my job to know that Linda's the details, lying. The policy it's, questions. It's I get paid to do it. The voters rely on you guys for the information. Right. They pay you to learn do, stuff do you and recall, then come back to them with policy. Shane, at the That's end of the, the difference between me and the, and the voters. Do, do you recall at the end of the meeting, Shane, where Linda said after this vote is taken, she hopes you guys will listen to what the voters say? Yes. Do you, hear, do you know why she said that? She's building political momentum, and she got you to go along with it. To try to get rid of the CPA. That's why they're doing a non-binding as opposed to a binding. And it's phrased as... And it's phrased she as, says, you guys have to do what the people say. It's, so and if it, it comes back as a vote that people want to get rid of it, you're going to be in a real pickle, right? And it's going to be phrased as a repeal of a tax, which right. people are always going to go for. So. Well, not necessarily, because again, as we've mentioned before, the city solicitor has the final say on how ballot questions are worded. They they do, but yeah. so did you have a say, and you but you, you you have this you have a and, and you have a say. No, again, I Shane. did have a say at the time to make sure that it didn't go on as an actual binding referendum, and I made sure it didn't go on as a binding Correct. referendum. Correct. That's Be- why we're, we're we're having a a hard time with. But if you think that the people of if but if you don't think that, but if if it were what's your concern if it were a binding referendum? That potentially the people might vote no. Uh, I mean, vote yes, I should say, right. to repeal it, which right. I don't want to happen. Okay. So but if they vote yes anyway. Then that's a the, conversation that we would have to have at that time. That if the majority of New Bedford you guys, at that you time. You'd already won that conversation by voting it down on the city council floor. We, as a city council, you did not revoke it, new from, life the, into it from the charter. So if the people of New Bedford who elect me to represent them come out overwhelmingly to say, Yes, we want to repeal the CPA. This is not what we wanted when we voted on it originally. Then we would have to do, have a conversation. Do you think in the that. last seven years that since that's been passed that they've that, that that there's been any movement on on that? That people have been looking at a forty dollars surcharge and saying, "What is this for? I don't like it, and I want it gone." I personally don't believe so. No, okay. but again, that's why we have it as a non-binding resolution to hear from the people. So five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. I think we've. Sort of, we've kind of had the conversations, and uh, I appreciate your time, Shane. Is there oh, anything else that you want to add, or do you want the the final word on? Uh, no, I just again, I want to pre- uh, thank you guys. I appreciate the opportunity to come on air uh, and have these conversations because you know I, I think I've said before I welcome um, the the criticism uh, with the rent stabilization, the CPA, and the other ballot questions. That is why I think for me it was so important to have these non-binding resolution is to have these conversations, to have this dialogue, whether we agree or disagree. Of course. Um, and I just think that's what's important is that we continue this conversation as cordial as we were able to do here, um, and really bring everyone in to continue the conversations. Let's take one more call before we let you go. Sure. Good evening. Hi, before uh, he goes, Shane, would you uh, repeat the meetings that you mentioned at the beginning of the show, where they are? Oh, yes, that's a good point. What dates, what times? Yep, so our next meeting uh, is scheduled for this Wednesday, which is March 15th, and it will take place at Keith Middle School, which I don't have the address offhand. Does anyone know the address to Keith Middle School? It's right on. Um, it's right across from New Bedford High. Ashley Boulevard. Yeah. 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 No, it's not. Oh, no, sorry. Half the way road. No, half the way street. No, it's a boulevard. I thought. 
Hath- 230 Hathaway Boulevard. Hathaway Boulevard. What time would you, that you might want to Google it, Shane. I'm sorry. Yeah, let me, <laughs> I apologize. Let me look that up right now. I should have had that uh, address handy. Um, and what time would that be? 530, uh, 5.30 p.m. 225 Hathaway Boulevard. Hathaway. I knew it's a boulevard. All right. And the, the uh, UMD thing, uh, April 12th? Yes, that is and April. And what time would that be? And where on campus would it be? I believe it's in the uh, one of their libraries. Um, and that's 285 Old Westport Road. All right. And that's at 3 p.m.? Yes, 3 p.m. to 4 okay, p.m. And they're asking people the, to register. Uh, uh, the uh, Claire... Um, L- uh, library Carney. reading room now. Carney. I was going to say, yeah. I think it was yeah. Carney, the Carney Library. All right, and how long do you expect that meeting to last? I would imagine maybe an hour or maybe more, depending on the the, the dialogue. So you're talking about the uh, UMass meeting? Yeah, the UMass. I think uh, Carl said three to five. Featured speakers will be there. Who would they be? There's someone from HUD. We know that. Yes, right? the regional director um, for our area, which uh, I don't have the flyer up. Well, there's we got plenty of time in between. Then we can have that. Oh, we good. can have that information session. And I want to yeah. make sure we also mention that because of the limited spacing uh, for that meeting, they're asking people to register. Uh, so hopefully, you guys can put that on, uh, you know, on the air. Or yeah, online. We'll, we'll get something together for sure. And, and Shane, I want to say that maybe your timing is better than Chris thinks because virtually it's the governor and Mayor Wu in Boston who are the spearheaders of this issue really and uh, you're following and train nicely with them as they break uh, through this wall. Well, and I and I think that we really need to be looking at Boston because, as we know, they sent their home rule petition, um, but it still has to go through the state legislature mm-hmm. and whether or not Healy will vote on that. So they're going to be. Uh, well, I'm going to be watching them the closely. Le- my, my my prediction is if it gets to the legislature, she yeah. Will. But all right, I want to thank you all for thank you, uh, concentrating on this uh, catastrophe. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate thank it, Shane. Thanks so much for joining thanks, us. Shane, thanks, Shane. We'll, we'll have you on again soon. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. coming in no i i I do too as well um and the um look my my point here is that um i really am skeptical about rent control for a whole variety of reasons um and you what you need is you need more housing units in new bedford and then the other part is and and chris markey has been um, a leader on this which is that you want to get people to their own homes what you need to be looking at is home ownership programs, not to artificially keep rent low. You want to get people into their own homes. Now, obviously, not everyone has the the, the interest or the skills um, to own a home. It, it it is a commitment. It's a huge commitment. Um, and so, that's again, it's not the hundred percent of the answer, but. Yeah. But it is a, a big chunk of it, as Chris Markey has pointed out here on the program, the state rep from New Bedford and, and Dartmouth, that home ownership is very, very important. So we've got some app chats I want to just read off. Um, someone, uh, Cheryl, uh, or Miss, uh, I'm sorry, Miss P from from uh, New Bedford. Uh, how about getting a list of people in subsidized housing and vet them, check on their actual income? Um so many that don't belong in subsidized housing. I can't verify that, um, and uh, you, you know, it's well, we're not going to do that. So it's a, <laughs> yeah. It's, so I, it's not even a we're not going to do it. So continue. So next question. Yeah, next question. Actually, let's go to the phones. Good evening. Oh, hello. hello. Hi, yes, you're on the hey. 
So I, I have to admit, I, I wasn't able to catch most of the, uh, I, I only caught the last couple of minutes of Shane. Being we do on. have the podcast available for you. It will be in a minute. Yeah, right. But as of now, did he come up with any um, ideas of what caused, did, did he admit to anything that caused this situation of why you know, we are rapidly running out of power. Well, we didn't ask. We, we, in, in defense of him, we did not ask. Yeah, we didn't ask. But I do think it, it's, a, it's an important part of the question. Um, I don't understand why suddenly this is an issue. Um, you don't? Well, I'm, I'm waiting to hear one of the experts tell me. Okay. No, go ahead. And make okay. You can apostatize. Why? I'm not claiming to be an expert. No, I, I don't, no, no, I understand I've that. called you guys quite a few times saying... You know, everything's in concentrated in certain cities, you know, and you've got people like Maura Healy. And now listen, do not misconstrue this as I have something against immigrants of any kind. I understand. Go ahead. Even undocumented. <laughs> but if she's that, throwing out a welcome the statement flag, that usually meets the top, is it? What is that? Never mind. Go ahead. Sorry. So if she's putting out a welcome flag. And everyone's saying, well, the city needs more housing. Mm -hmm. Everyone's still going to be concentrated in one area. She is an, uh, you know, open-ended invitation. And nobody was saying what exact percentage we can take. I do believe there's, there's roughly 20, 25% undocumented new people flooding into this country that are just specifically concentrated in that area. None of the surrounding towns are saying, hey, we'll build some housing. So I feel as though what's happening is nobody's acknowledging what we've done to get here. Okay. And they're saying, here, what we're going to do is have more taxpayer-funded housing because we need it. No one's going to acknowledge what created the situation. Well, and no it's... one's going to put a limit on how many housing units. I mean, are we just going to keep rolling along until we're mashed in like like India and China, we're going yeah, to be like I mean, starting. I mean, I'll, I'm going to isolate your point about the surrounding towns not doing anything because I think that's a pretty good one. I don't think it's fair to blame the housing crisis on on immigrants, but um, but, but Marcus, if twenty you, realistically, well, well, I'll agree that we need to more percent people that that we didn't necessarily have room for were invited up here. How can you legitimately, realistically say that didn't contribute to the situation we're in? Millions of people spread throughout the country, concentrated in certain areas. Are we going to pretend that isn't happening? I think the, I think part of the problem is is that we actually do need to change our immigration laws to um, get yeah. them uh, a legal status because we do actually have workforce shortages in which immigrants uh an influx of Marcus, immigrants would I'm help saying is nationwide but, we're dealing with a housing crisis but but kicking all the immigrants out isn't gonna is it, isn't actually gonna them out Marcus. but what i'm saying is maybe let them flow in at a rate that we can get out ahead of we can't now say guess what we're gonna we're gonna tax instead of making the market such that people want to independent investors want to build their own homes or, or multifamily units they're making it almost impossible for people to bite off that chunk. And then they're saying, how about, how about more? We're going to make the taxpayers fund the housing. This is not a good market. I don't care how liberal we are. We've also got to have some common sense. This doesn't make sense. And I'd like the people that are coming up with these policies of basically asking the taxpayers and the homeowners to take it on the chin. We've created this situation. Would you bail us out? I'm sick of the bailouts. 
How about get your get your policies back in check and let the system regulate itself? We can't continue on this pace. And not once have I heard anybody come up with a solution to stop this progress because it's not helping any of us. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Thanks Thank for the you. call. So, Marcus, I, I, I want people to understand, unlike a lot of things in politics in locally, this is not going to be a one-night conversation. Yeah. It's going to be a long-term conversation. So, and I do appreciate Council Burgo making himself available. I also um, don't want to spring things on him that I don't think he has the answer to. Meaning that, why is, what are the causes of the... Well, I think he'd have the answer to some of those questions, but I, I think that, you know, like, it's just, I think we were getting to the point of... Like, well, why okay, are you bringing this up? I, I know an example. I'll give you an example. I had a friend of mine, I brought this up the other night, who has a lot of units in Fall River, but mm -hmm. he's seeing a lot of people coming into the area. They're American citizens mm -hmm. from the New York area. They're moving up to Fall River. These are, these are a lot of people in medical. They're all gainfully employed. Sure. Okay? They're moving up. And so I asked him, why are they moving here? And he said, I really don't know. And of course, every situation is different. But my point being is that prior to... I don't know, about 10 years ago, I was in the real estate consulting business. Mm -hmm. I actually sold the consulting service. So I was around a lot of, and they owned mostly multifamily buildings. I mean, talking big, 300 sure. units, 400 units. So I was around a lot of developers, and I understood why they bought or built buildings where they built them. And it had to do oftentimes with, with increased transportation opportunities, mm -hmm. which makes sense here, right? Yes. Because population follows transportation. Of course. Um job shifts, yeah. right? A big industry opens up, for instance. You see some, we, we haven't had that around here. We haven't had an auto plant open in New, York, New Bedford or something like that. But if, if let's say, if you had a Hyundai plant open in New Bedford, you would understand why, geez, you see a lot of people coming in, they have a little more money, a lot mm -hmm. more money actually, and they need housing and they want to stay in the area near that particular location. But we don't have that. Mm -hmm. So what are the reasons that the current housing stock is not sufficient to the point where it's able to be bid out of proportion to what the, the wages are, which I right. think is the conversation, right? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. as I said to you off the other day, I said, and I was being a little bit facetious, don't blame the landlords, blame the tenants who are bidding up the price. Yes. Right? Now, I was obviously being a bit of a wise guy, but it's not, it's not, it's not, not one of the problems. But I'm wondering, how are these people able to offer a few dollars more than the next guy mm -hmm. right so that the landlord is able to jack it up because obviously they're, if they're if they truly are jacking it up to the now is it because they want to get the rents higher because they're going to sell it because it's I'm, I'm not sure but and i wouldn't have thought that council burgo would have known those answers that's why i'm not going to pose well, a question i, I, I think the the i think that you know what people may say you know what i may say i guess is that people coming in from New York or New York City, I'm assuming you mean by New York. Right. Everybody says New York, it's a huge state. So no, I'm assuming New York City, right? So, um, you know, I guess what, you know, maybe the area is being gentrified and one of the points of having some sort of restriction or regulations on rent is to ensure that 
while there is a lot of exciting investment that's coming into the Do south you mean coast. New York is being gentrified, so they're moving north. No, I mean the, this area is is somehow being gentrified by maybe some of the development that's happening happening over here. Maybe people want to get under the ground, uh, get in on on the ground floor and things like South Coast Rail right, or, but- or offshore wind. And what I'm saying is. Maybe one of the reasons for rent restrictions or some sort of control on that is to ensure that the you know that the people who actually have lived here for a while uh, aren't priced out of where they live and are able to enjoy some of the new developments happening in the South Coast. Right, but but what I'm saying is that I that that would be the people who own the properties right mm-hmm. we're not we're hearing you're saying that maybe it's speculators who are buying up the existing properties and then yeah, coming I in and raising so. the rents i think so okay i you know what yeah that's 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 the assumption i was making but okay. you're saying the renters are coming in from 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 i'm one yeah that, that's a, in other words we're getting obviously the population there must be a flux, fluctuation in the population. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, there there has, um, you know, New Bedford has at least gotten, I think, what, uh, it was like 90-something thousand in the last census, and now it's 106, but there's 2,000 fewer units of housing right. in, that, in that time, so there definitely has been a population increase, and that's the 106... The thousand people that were counted. There's probably a, a lot more than that, but let, let's let's actually take a break. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll be back. New Bedford's news talk station, fourteen twenty WBSM. What do you mean? Disaster is coming. The time to get ready is now. Make a plan. Identify meetup locations and people you'll need to contact. Put your contact list in your wallet, on your phone, and somewhere visible in your home. Build a kit. Store enough food and water for three days. Don't forget your pets. And consider buying a pre-made kit. Keep at least seven days of medication on hand. Work with your pharmacist and insurance company to secure the extra doses. Make copies of important documents. Keep them on your phone, in the cloud, or on a USB stick. Stay informed. Learn about local hazards. Take courses in CPR and first aid and sign up for local alert systems. An early warning can give you the time you need to prepare for a fast-moving disaster. Be ready. Learn more at americares.org slash send us in. Pollution from trucks is a public health crisis. Diesel-burning trucks belch dangerous levels of pollution, and communities living near ports and along freight corridors breathe especially high levels of this dirty air. But this crisis has a solution. My name is Sasan Sadat and I work for Earth Justice. I'm working to clean up our air quality, particularly for communities that bear the burden of diesel pollution. For the sake of our lungs, our health, and our climate, the future of trucking in this country has got to be zero emissions. Until then, I will never rest. Earth Justice is a national legal nonprofit defending the environment and people's health. Earth Justice is fighting to save lives, protect our climate, and strengthen our economy through the shift to zero emissions. If clean air matters to you, visit us at earthjustice.org. Earth Justice, because the earth needs a good lawyer. I'm William Shatner. I've been around a long time, but I'm truly humbled when I see the real battles our brave, paralyzed veterans have faced defending our freedom. I was on a routine patrol. 
and uh, we were in the desert of Kuwait, and the vehicle flipped and landed on top of me, which uh, left me paralyzed from the waist down. Okay, folks, this, this, this is heroism. That's why I'm proud to support Paralyzed Veterans of America. Go to pva.org to learn how you can make a difference. Take South Coast tonight with you wherever you go. Stream Chris and Marcus on the WBSM app or get their podcast on the app at WBSM.com. Now, back to South Coast tonight. We got to get back to the air. So, oh, sorry. I hit the wrong mic. Um, uh, anyway, good evening. Hi. Hi, what's up? Yeah, I listen to a lady call. I, I think she's uh, definitely on to something that's, uh, I wish she had more time, but apparently she had to go. Um, but mm. I just like to say. No, actually, we had to know, go, but. Yeah, we, we had to I go. Like, yeah, I like to bring that football closer to goal line. Uh, we still got liquor stores, massage parlors, tattoo shops. I like all uh, of those. Methadone clinics, etc. Well, I don't like methadone. Uh, they all survived COVID. They all got through it. But one thing's missing. Your temp agencies are gone. And I saw that happening. And so when I hear a story that there's jobs and no people to fill the jobs, it's a crock. Because what is about to be made, there'll be temp agencies. And it isn't happening anymore. Because it's uh, the profit margin diminished. I saw the red flag a few years back, just before COVID, when the temp agency said, we no longer provide transportation. Uh-oh. That meant, you know what that meant? Yeah, two people were going so, to the job sites instead of 10. There was no money in it for them. So if you had your own transportation, so, a friend, a relative, or if um, the bus happened to go to that particular. I appreciate the call. i I, I got to take another break. Thank you. 14. I'm Chris. Uh, this is South Coast tonight. We've been uh, we've been we've been breaking news here and there, everywhere. We got the the we we broke the rent stabilization question here in South Coast tonight. Right. We also broke that Scott Lima was uh, not seeking office in Ward Five, which is the, which is the most uh, active pre- uh, pre- ward in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that, folks. If you missed anything, you can go on. We, Where you get your podcast, it's all right there. It's all right there. We've heard, uh, I, so I've reached out to a bunch of people over the last few days that I know live in Ward 5 to see if they're running. The only person I've gotten a hard confirmation from was that night, Zach Boyer. Zach Boyer. Who ran before, texted me and said he was going to run for Ward 5. So um, that's something that's going to be really interesting. We'll obviously have our debates here and and um, and and talk to all the candidates. But that was a, that was a major development that happened, especially in mid- all of these questions about stuff. And Ward 5, um, they're going to expect a hardworking candidate. Yeah, of course. Um, there's a lot of people in that ward. Mm-hmm. It's the most active ward in the city, and politically. Just, and and it, that's basically the neighborhoods around Buttonwood Park. Correct. Yeah, in the west side. Yeah. So. so it'll be very interesting to see what, what, what comes of that. Um, these ballot questions, we do expect... It was interesting... We broke some news tonight. Uh, Mr. Burgo, Councilor Burgo, when he said that his conversation with the mayor, he yeah, he was said that the mayor, mayor is going to veto all three of those. The, may, the mayor, he said, it seems it seems like the mayor is going to veto those three questions right. when he had a conversation with him after. I, again, I, <laughs> I saw him at the Friendly Sons thing. I was going to ask him, but I'm, like you said, I'm a well-adjusted person. Right, right, <laughs> I was right. like, this is not the time Thanks, for that. Thanks, Mrs. Farrow. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're on the radio. Because if you had asked him that question, you wouldn't have been the guy we brought on the radio. That's a good point. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. We would have said, 
This guy belongs in the pocket. My, my mom did come with me. We had a really good time. And it's good because my, my mom makes me look like a, a more normal person, you know? <laughs> She's, like, real nice and stuff. She is real nice. So I can come here and I, I can be a jerk. And then she she can be like, oh, hey, I'm Marcus's mom. I'm really nice. And I, I, I you know, I'm a nurse and all that. And, and I help people with autism. And then... <laughs> and, then <laughs> and then there's Marcus. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, Marcus isn't the worst, right? No, yeah, no, so... No. so <laughs> they, go, they go, can you explain, Marcus? <laughs> What happened? What, what did you? <laughs> what did you leave him at the Howard Zinn orphanage? The Howard Zinn daycare center? I'm not pick him up. Uh, I, I, Chris, I'm, I'm being serious about this. I got um, my mom made me a cake when I graduated law school, and it had all of my favorite books, and one of them was a People's History of the United States. It was. It was a. Don't. It was. It was in the cake. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me. I thought you were going to tell me that in the cake was a file, which, yeah. so that you said, "Marcus, do whatever you want. It's your birthday. Go and have fun." Here's a cake with a file in it. No. Yeah. No. It was. It was. Um, a people's history. In people's history of the United States by Howard Zinn. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, my favorite reading by Howard Zinn is re really, actually, is is the things the FBI wrote about him. Oh yeah, of course. You know, he once had a security file that he that to um, should we have war with Russia? He was supposed to be arrested immediately. Oh, they revoked it later on after they talked to him. But at one time, Howard Zinn was on the security um, detainment list. Mm. That um, should we have war with Russia? He had to go immediately. He had to go locked up. He was an enemy of but he was removed from the list. He was ultimately removed from the list. Okay. Well, see, don't judge a book by its cover. Well, he's he's, all, he's gone now. <laughs> anyway. He's dead. Yeah, died in 2010. Yeah, he wreaked a lot of havoc, but then he finally he was finally gone to answer yeah. for his sins. We miss him dearly. Not really. Actually, I, I haven't thought I miss about John in a while. Silver. I miss John Silver. John Silver. Yeah. He tried to fire Howard Zinn. Well, I'm glad he wasn't successful. He was successful in electing Bill Weld, though. 508-996-0500. One more call. Good evening. Hi, gentlemen. Hey, I, how's I it going? Say, How are you, I my friend? I want to say happy St. Patty's Day to Chris. Thank you. I'm going to drive the snakes out of New Bedford. St. Patty's Day is on a Friday, so yes. we'll, we'll be here. We'll be here. Hey, yeah. my Mick friend. Oh, you will be? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. We'll be on, on the oh, air on St. Patty's Day. Oh, I'm going to go to that comedy, and I'm going to laugh like you were laughing. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> good. <laughs> I want you to have okay. fun. Okay. God, God bless. Thank you very much. Thanks. She's as Irish as I am, I believe. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. You're Irish? <laughs> Come into the parlor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a friendly son, actually. Actually, I don't think I've paid my dues in a while, so I don't think I am anymore. But You can't be the only one. I can't be the only one, right? <laughs> but I can just say it. I can just say it. So, uh, boy, that's that's pretty... It was, it was a good show, real um, fast-paced show. Um, yeah. You'll have Sheriff Tom Hodgson tomorrow morning. He, uh, he was good today. He was good today. He was good today, and uh, he'll be good for the rest of the week. He will. So you'll definitely want to tune in him filling in for uh, Phil... Uh, and um, and definitely give him a call. Yeah, yeah. And you'll have Tim, and then and of course you have Barry as always tomorrow. And then Howie, then us. Howie, then us. Then we'll be back. Bye yeah. bye. bye. <laughs>